Good morning, uh, brethren and friends, and uh, all who are also online with us. Thank you for coming for this worship uh, together with us at Eastside Church of Christ in Singapore. And we certainly welcome you to worship with us. Many parents have this experience. When we talk to our children, they will be busy playing with their phones or other things. And we probably will say, are you listening? And they will give you that sheepish look and give you a nod to say that, yes, I'm listening. But after a few times, you realize that they were not listening. And you get very frustrated with them and you will have to tell them. They may have heard, but they did not do as what you have instructed them to do. They were not listening. Two years ago, we had an outing at Bedok Reservoir Road, organized by our brother, Jose. In one of the games that we played, he asked us to write down what peeved us the most. In other words, what really irritates you? So I thought, give a thought about it. And I wrote down, when someone does not do what I asked him to do. That was what I wrote. And today, I'm here to talk about the same topic. Are you listening? <clears throat> God felt the same way in, uh, we read this in Jeremiah chapter 7, verses 3 to 11. There, were, there are a lot of passages that we're going to have, and I would like to read through them because it gives us a context by which we're going to talk about. So this uh, Jeremiah chapter 7, verse 3 says, Thus said the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, amend your ways and your doings, and I will cause you to dwell in this place. Do not trust in these lying words, saying, the temple of the Lord, the temple of the Lord, the temple of the Lord are these. For if you thoroughly amend your ways and your doings, if you thoroughly execute judgment between a man and his neighbor, if you do not oppress the stranger, the fatherless and the widow, and do not shed innocent blood in this place, or walk about other gods to your hurts, then I will cause you to dwell in this place, in the land that I gave to your fathers forever and ever. Behold, you trust in lying words and cannot profit. Will you steal, murder, commit adultery, swear falsely, burn incense to Baal, and walk after other gods whom you do not know? And then come and stand before me in the house which is called by my name, and say, we are delivered to do all these abominations? Has this house, which is called by my name, become a den of thieves in your eyes? Behold, I, even I, have seen it, says the Lord. So here we have the Israelite, although they hear God, but they did not do what God had commanded them to do. In Jeremiah chapter 7, verse 13, following that, God pointed out to them that were at silos. 
God spoke to them again and again, but they did not listen. And God even reminded them of the time they came out of the Egyptian bondings. He cared for them and gave them commandments, but they did not listen to me. Jeremiah 7 verses 23 to 26. But this is what I commanded them, saying, Obey my voice and I will be your God and you shall be my people. And walk in all the ways that I have commanded you, that I may be well with you. Yet they did not obey or incline their ears, but followed the counsels and detects of their evil hearts and went backward and not forward. Verse 25, since the day that your fathers came out of the land of Egypt until this day, I have seen, I have sent to you all my servants and the prophets, daily rising up early and sending them. Yet they did not obey me or incline their ear, but instead stiffened their neck. They did worse than their fathers. So we see that the failure of listening to God resulted in the Israelite nations going backward and not forward. And they become stiff-necked, that means very stubborn, and did more evil than their ancestors. Read further in Jeremiah chapter 7, verse 27 and 28. Therefore, you shall speak all these words to them, but they will not obey you. You shall also call to them, but they will not answer you. So you shall say to them, this is a nation that does not obey the voice of the Lord, their God, nor receive correction. Truth has perished and has put and has been cut off from their mouth. God was telling Jeremiah that you will encounter such stiff-necked nation. So he warned Jeremiah, truth has perished and has been cut off from their mouth and they will not listen to him, stating that God's people had a listening problem. Centuries later, even until today, people were still not listening. When Jesus came, he had this to say. In Matthew chapter 11, verse 15, He that have ears to hear, let him hear. All of us had ears, but Jesus challenged us to take heed, therefore, how you hear. Luke chapter 8, verse 18. Before he even ascended to heaven, as we read this in Mark chapter 16, verses 15 and 16. Go into the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. Are we listening? The Bible tells us that there are three types of listeners. The first one, as recorded in Hebrews chapter 5, verse 11, one that is down of hearing, of whom we have much to say and hard to explain, 
since you have become dull of hearing. The Hebrew writer spoke of Jesus Christ, but he criticized the people for being dull of hearing. When a person is dull of hearing, it is hard for others to explain things to them. The fault is not with the subject material that has been spoken, neither is it the fault of the presenter, but the fault lies with the listener. Isaiah wrote such people, and Jesus reiterated in Matthew chapter 13, verses 13 to 15. Therefore, I speak to them in parables, because seeing they do not see, and hearing they do not hear, nor do they understand. And in them, the prophecies of Isaiah is fulfilled, which says, hearing you will hear and shall not understand, and seeing you will see and not perceive. For the hearts of the people have grown dull. Their ears are hard of hearing, and their eyes they have closed, lest they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears, lest they should understand with their hearts and turn, so that I should heal them. People today behave in this way because they are dull of heart. It prevents them from understanding the God's truth. It prevents them from turning from sin to God himself. And it prevents them from being saved by God. Are you this type of listener? The second type of listener are those with itching ears. In 2 Timothy chapter 4, verses 3 and 4, for the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but according to their own desires. Because they have itching ears, they will keep up for themselves teachers, and they will turn their ears away from the truth and be turned aside to favors. We commonly see this happening today. Here Paul described those people who listen only to those that is pleasing to them. They don't like sound doctrine. They prefer the teachers they want to hear, leading them to turn from the truth to fables. So we see this happening in today's society. There are many who are afflicted with this hearing problem. The Tata listeners are those who hear with a noble and good heart. Jesus speaks of this in Luke chapter 8, verse 15. But the ones that fell on the good ground, talking about the parable of the sower, are those who, having heard the word with a noble and good heart, keep it and bear fruit with patience. The Bereans are one of those with a good heart. They are this kind of listener. We read in Acts chapter 17, verse 11. These were more fair-minded than those in Thessalonica in that they received the word with all readiness and searched the scripture daily to find out whether these things were so. 
Here we see that the Bible described the Bereans as fair-minded, willing to give Paul an opportunity for a fair hearing. It showed in how they actually received the words or listening to the words with all readiness. This is the kind of listener that we all should be. But why is it so important for us to be this kind of listener? There are several reasons. First, it is essential for us to be blessed. If you are willing to listen properly, these are wonderful things to learn. Matthew chapter 13, verses 16 and 17. But blessed are your eyes for the see and your ears for the hear. For assuredly, I say to you that many prophets and righteous men desire to see what they see and did not see it, and to hear what they hear and did not hear it. Jesus is telling us that great people like David, Daniel, and many others did not have the opportunity to learn things pertaining to the wonderful blessings that are now available to us in our Christ Jesus. If we do not listen carefully, we will also miss out on this blessing. Second reason, it is essential for us to have saving faith. God has ordained that we can be saved through faith in Christ. We read this in Romans 1, 16 and 17. But I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes, for the Jews first and also for the Greek. For in it, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. As it is written, the just shall live by faith. Such faith comes through proclaiming the gospel, often involving listening to a preacher. Romans 10 verse 14 and 17. How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. But one can certainly gain faith reading God's word. The fact remains that many are often dependent upon what they first hear proclaimed to them. One reason faith is often lacking is because people simply are not good listeners. They miss out on the evidence in God's word which produces faith. Does your hearing hinder the development of your faith? Many years ago, before I was baptized, I have read God's word quite a fair bit, until one day I was introduced to the Bible in the sense that we had Bible study into the Word of God by someone in a bit more thorough manner. And in June 1986, 
we were finally baptized after more than one year of study. All I'm saying is that your faith or your commitment to your faith does not happen straight away. It does take time, but eventually, if you have a listening faith, you will act upon God's word. And we are glad that we were baptized on that day. And as we often say, we never look back. Third reason, it is essential to bear fruits. In the parable of the sower, the only kind of soil or the heart that the parable was talking about, which is capable of bearing fruits, was the one which listened properly. Luke 8, 15, But the ones that fell on the ground, good ground, are those who, having heard the word with a noble and good heart, keep it and bear fruit with patience. So bearing fruit comes from understanding the grace of God. And we read this, that the gospel was bearing fruit in Colossians. Colossians 1 verse 6, which has come to you as it has also in all the world, which is bringing forth fruits, as it is also among you, since the day you heard and knew the grace of God in truth. Only by listening well can we understand God's grace and be thus motivated to bear fruit to His glory. Fourth reason, it is essential to preventing apostasy. There is a real danger of drifting by neglecting so great a salvation. Hebrew chapter 2, verse 1 to 3. Therefore, we must give the more earnest heed to the things we have heard, lest we drift away. For the word spoken through angels proved steadfast, and every transgression and disobedience received a just reward. How shall we escape if we neglect so great a salvation, which at the first began to be spoken by the Lord and was confirmed to us by those who heard him. So the only solution is to give the more earnest heed to the things we have heard. Poor listening is often the first step to apostasy. Reason number five, it is essential to avoiding rejection and condemnation. If we do not listen as we should those who, to those who teach God's word, and they have a right to reject us. Jesus gave instruction to his disciple to preach the gospel to the people. But he has this one thing to say. His instruction on those who reject the truth when they were sent out, and whosoever will not receive you nor hear your words. When you depart from that house, now listening to this, shake off the dust from your feet. In other words, don't have anything to do with them after that. Assuredly, I say to you, it will be more tolerable for the land of Sodom and Gomorrah 
in the day of judgment than for that city. So if we do not listen as we should, we are judging ourselves unworthy of eternal life. We read this in Acts chapter 13, verses 44 to 49. On the Sabbath, almost the whole city came together to hear the word of God. But when the Jews saw the multitude, they were filled with envy and contradicting and blaspheming. They opposed the things spoken by Paul. Then Paul and Barnabas grew bold and said, it was necessary that the word of God should be spoken to you first. But since you reject it and judge yourself unworthy of everlasting life, behold, we turn to the Gentiles. For so the Lord has commanded us, I have set you as a light to the Gentiles, that you should be for salvation to the ends of the earth. Now, when the Gentiles heard this, they were glad and glorified the word of the Lord. And as as many as have been appointed to eternal life believed. And the word of the Lord was being spread throughout all the region. The Jews rejected the preaching of the words. So Paul turned to the Gentiles. And he did the same that Jesus has told us. If anybody were to reject you, go on to others. If we reject the gospel, perhaps due to our poor listening, Matthew chapter 12, verse 41, I'm going to read from the easy reading version because it would be easier for us to understand. Verse 41, on the judgment day, you people who live now will be compared to the people from Nineveh. And they will be witness who show how guilty you are. Why do I say this? Because when Jonah preached to those people, they changed their heart. And you are listening to someone greater than Jonah, talking about Jesus, but you refuse to change. So these men of Nineveh repented after just listening to one sermon from Jonah. Will we reject the gospel of Christ after given so many opportunities? Luke chapter 8, verse 4 to 8 is often called the parable of the sower. Now, let's read this. Verse 4, And when a great multitude had gathered, and they had come to him from every city, he spoke by a parable. So Jesus talked about this parable. A sower went out to sow his seed, and as he sowed, some fell by the wayside, and it was trampled down. And the birds of the air devoured it. Some fell on rock, and as soon as it sprang up, it withered away because it lacked moisture. And some fell among the thorns, and the thorns sprang up with it, choked it. But others fell on good ground, sprang up, yielded a crop, a hundredfold. When he had said these things, he cried, He who have ears to hear, let him hear. Notice the last phrase, what Jesus said. He who have ears to hear, 
let him hear. What has he got to do with the parable? Simply said, he wants to remind them, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. We'll come to that later on to see why does he, or why did he say that sentence itself. So here we see the, this passage, <coughs> Jesus did not explain the parable. So his disciple came to him and asked him, Lord, what's the meaning of this parable? Question, why does Jesus tell parables without explanation? But as you'll see later on, he explained the parable. In Luke chapter 10, verse, uh, Luke chapter 8, verse 10, Jesus said this, to you it has been given to know the mystery of the kingdom of God. That's the reason why he spoke in parable. But to the rest is given in parables. That seeing they may not see and hearing they may not understand. Let's expound on this, what Jesus said and try to understand why did he say all these. So this answer set up this explanation for the parable of the soil that is to come later on. Jesus says that he tells about parables of the kingdom of God so that seeing they may not see and hearing they may not understand. What does Jesus mean by this? Simply said, Jesus tells this parable so that people will not see and will not understand. Sounds rather bizarre. Parables were not told to make his point easier to understand. We always thought that, hey, parables means what? We're trying to get something to represent the actual. But it's not necessarily that easy to understand. Parables told to separate the sincere speaker or seeker, rather, from those who are casual listeners. In other words, if you have ear, you listen to it, and you'll be asking questions. You become inquisitive. Jesus was not interested in gathering crowds. He was interested in finding true listeners. The people who are seeking after God's kingdom. Jesus is looking for people with a particular ears who are truly listening. He is not trying to amass a following or gather large crowds. He tells parable so that people will come to him and ask him what it means. Probably I've seen many people, particularly those celebrities, they have big crowds. And of course, in some other religious group, they have large crowd itself. Makes the preacher rather important, isn't it? But Jesus is the opposite of what these people were doing. <clears throat> so he is actually looking for people with a particular ears who are truly listening. He tells parables so that people will come to him and ask him, hey, you told us a parable, what does it mean? Why were the secrets of the kingdom of God given to the disciples? Because they were seeking. It was because they went to Jesus asking the meaning of the parable. Hey, please explain to us, what is this parable of the sower? And Jesus was about to explain to them since they came to him. 
What do you do with the scriptures that are difficult or hard to understand? Will you do like what the crowd does? Will you simply walk away trying to learn the meaning like the crowd? Too often we are spiritually lazy with the scriptures. We are not interested in learning what the difficult teachings mean. We want to oversimplify it, overlook it, or even ignore it. So here we must try to find out what it means. The disciple of Jesus did that. They do not pass away and say, I don't get what Jesus said. Okay, let's walk away. So the parables were intended to weed out people who did not want to know the mind of the Lord. In Luke chapter 8, verses 11 to 15, Jesus explained the parable. Let's take a look at it. The seed is the word of God. Those by the wayside are the ones who hear. Then the devil comes and takes away the word of their hearts, lest they should believe and be saved. But the ones on the rock are those who, when they hear, receive the word with joy, and these have no roots, who believe for a while, and in time of temptation, fall away. Now the ones that fell on the thorns are those who, when they have heard it, go out and are choked with the cares, riches, and the pleasures of the world, and bring no fruits to maturity. But the ones that fell on the ground, good ground, are those who, having heard the word, with a noble and good heart, keep it and bear fruits with patience. Here we see that the parable of the soils is a parable about how the word of God is received. It describes how we listen to God's message. There are four ways. The parable then teach what there is nothing wrong with the sower. There's nothing wrong with the sower. Neither is there anything wrong with the seed. The problem lies with our hearing. The parable is asking the audience this question. What heart do you bring to the word of God? How do you listen to the word of God? The first soil is described as the path. These hear the word and nothing ever happens. Does it sound like you? You are here regularly. You listen to the message each week, but nothing changes. You hear the word of God, but nothing is happening. The word is not penetrating in your heart. The heart is not receiving God's word. Those with such ears are not what Jesus is looking for as disciples. The second soil is described as the rock. Jesus says these hear the word of God, receive it joy, but because they have no roots, they fall away in times of testing. These hear the word of God, but the heart is shallow and superficial. They become Christian, which is good and pretty exciting, but they have no roots. Then they fall away in the time of testing and temptation. 
This is an all too common response to the word of God. Shallow Christians that never grew deep. They are always shallow with the word of God and shallow in their faith. This person can seem to be a disciple for years because the great moment of testing has not occurred. The problem is that they never develop a deep root in Christ. When we choose not to grow deeper in Christ through the reading of the words of God, praying, worshipping, and fellowshipping, then our faith will not be strong enough to support us during life's difficulties. These are not the hearers who will be Jesus' disciples. The third soil is full of thorns. These are the ones who hear the word, but their faith is choked by the cares, riches, and the pleasures of life. Their fruit does not mature. These people hear the word of God, but they never follow through with what they hear. It is important for us to realize that Jesus does not say that they are choked with sin. It is just that the distraction of life has swept them away. Their faith is choked with the cares of the world. The concerns of the family, the challenges of work, and any number of things that we give our time to this world. The enjoyment of riches occupies his time, always having other things to do. Now that the things they are doing are sinful, but they simply do these things rather than worshipping God, serve God, read God's word, give to the Lord and the light. These are not the followers that Jesus is looking for. Jesus concluded the parable with the fourth soil, being good soil. Notice the characteristic of the good soil. This is the one who hears the word, hold fast to the word in an honest and sincere heart and bears fruit with patience. They hear the message from God's word and they hold on to it. It sinks into their hearts and it causes change. Notice that the change are not overnight. The fruit comes with patient endurance. It does take some time. Fruit bearing takes work and time before significant results are seen. I would probably call myself a Christian since my secondary school days. Well, if you are thinking, what is that? It's going to be light. You go back all the way to 1977. A quick calculation will tell you it is about 40 over years. If I were to call my Christian then, but I, reflecting back, I don't think I was a Christian then. It took another, what, nine years before I have fully understood God's word. 1986, as I said, that we were finally baptized the proper way. So you see, it does take time. This is why Jesus told parables. He's trying to find those who have these kinds of years 
and heart, who has good, sincere, and honest heart. Jesus is trying to find those people to be his disciples. So following this parable, he spoke another parable in Luke chapter 8, verse 16 to 18. No one, when he has lit a lamp, covers it with a vessel and put it under a bed, but set it on the lampstand. And that so that those who enter may see the light. For nothing is secret that will not be revealed, neither or nor anything hidden that will not be known and come to light. Therefore, take heed how you hear. For whoever has, to him more will be given. And whoever does not have, even what he seems to have will be taken away from him. Notice that Jesus' conclusion to this parable is, therefore, take heed how you hear. Again, he said that second time. If you have something useful like a lamb, you sit. You have heard the word, what are you going to do about it? Many hear the word without making any changes. You go to worship, sit through the sermon, and nothing happens. They are useless as a lamb covered in a vessel or put under the bed. So what are you going to do with what you have received by hearing the words of God? Notice in verse 18, For whoever has, to him more will be given, and whoever does not have, even what he seems to have, will be taken from him. To put it another way, if you are not seeking and striving for understanding, you will never understand any of it. Jesus' message provides the light for those who listen. And that light reveals our heart and attitudes. When the word of God is proclaimed, what we do with the word shows which soil we are. We immediately learn the conditions of our hearts. If you do not seek to understand God's word, then you will not understand God's word at all. So when the crowds did not come to learn the meaning of the parable, then they were not going to learn the secrets of the kingdom of God. The disciples did because they came asking for understanding. We must not shy away from teaching and preaching difficult doctrines and the text that God has given us because God is looking for those who want to learn more about him. In conclusion, Jesus said in Mark 16, 16, he who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. Are you listening? How well do you hear? It requires two things. You need to hear accompanied with action. Hear the gospel, Romans 10, 17. So faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Believe the gospel, John 20, 31. But these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ the Son of God, and that believing 
you may have life in his name. Repent of your past sin. I tell you, no, but unless you repent, you will all likewise perish. Confess faith in Jesus Christ. For with the heart, one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. And be baptized. He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. Be faithful unto death, and I will give you the crown of life. If any of you so desire to respond to the gospel, let him come and talk with us as we stand and sing the invitation song. Take my life and let it be Consecrated, Lord, to Thee Take my hands and let them move At the impulse of Thy love Take my will and make it thine. It shall be no longer mine. Take my heart, it is thine own. It shall be thy royal throne. Take my love, my Lord, I pour at thy feet its treasure store. Take myself and I will be ever only all for thee. I give my life to thee, thine forever more to be. Lord, I give my life to thee, thine forever more to be.